Hello, and welcome to the Purdue AggieCon podcast, the podcast for experts and innovators in agriculture. I'm Haley Fisher. On today's episode, Dr. Foster and I talked to the 2022 Distinguished Ag Alumni, Natasha Cox. We'll be discussing her work with Farm Credit and advice to current students on how to get involved. Stay tuned. Hello, you're listening to the Purdue Agricultural Economics Podcast. I'm your host, Professor Ken Foster from the Purdue Department of Agricultural Economics, and with me is my co-host, Haley Fisher. Haley, good morning. Good morning. How are you doing, Dr. Foster? I'm doing great and enjoying some better weather here lately. That's a nice change. Yes. Can you believe we're halfway through the semester? I can believe it, but <laughs> I know that means a lot of exams and things for you, so... <laughs> But hang in there, spring break's right around the corner. So, hey, uh, we have a special guest with us today. I know we've been interviewing a lot of professors at Purdue lately, but we had the opportunity to interview the latest Distinguished Agricultural Alumni Award winner from the Department of Agricultural Economics, Natasha Cox. Natasha is the Regional Vice President for Ag Lending at Farm Credit, stationed out of Lafayette. Natasha, good morning. Good morning, and thanks for having me. No, we're really excited to have you and to celebrate your award. Congratulations. That's a great honor and one that you very much deserve. Well, well, thank you. It's always very humbling to be acknowledged by a world-class university such as Purdue and all the peers and great professors and even students that are there today. So um, it's a great honor, but I stand on the shoulders of many greats that came before me at Purdue University. So thank you very much. Well, and I know Purdue has a, has a great partnership between us and Farm Credit, not just in terms of Farm Credit hiring our graduates, which we greatly appreciate, but also I think a lot of collaboration on research and outreach programs that have taken place over the years and information sharing and helping each other better understand the farm economy. Absolutely. Yeah. Farm Credit, you know, appreciates the partnership with our, all of our land-grant universities, but our connection to Purdue is obviously close to our heart. We rely on the university as a resource, a partner, and a thought leader. Things like our involvement with the Center for Commercial Agriculture, um, outreach programs, and, and really just making sure that um, we are able to invest back into the university that gives so much to the global economy and global agriculture. So give us a little background on your Purdue experience. I entered Purdue University in 2000. I came from a tobacco farm in Southern Indiana, Switzerland County, heading into Purdue in the middle of my senior year of high school. I actually had my eyes set on becoming an agricultural educator. I was very active in FFA and 4-H and actually some things politically in my community. And I just felt this fire in my belly to go and serve serve students and, and give back in that way, something that had invested so much in me and, and modeled the way really for my path to the university, my ag teacher. And as I met with Dr. Bull and some of the other great advisors at Purdue in the spring of my, my senior year of high school, you know, another fire was lit in my belly. And, and he said, he looked at me and he actually said, you know, you can come be an ag educator and you'd be great at that. He goes, but I think that there's another path that might be for you. And so after a lot of discussion, I did decided to enroll in agricultural economics. Um, I didn't know what I wanted to do. Students, you know, I didn't go in saying I want to be an ag finance. Actually, 
finance was the farthest thing from my mind at that time. My family had had interactions with the farm credit system through funding our family farm and other things, but it, it wasn't top of mind for me. I actually had intentions of going on to law school and working in Washington, D.C. I really wanted to be heavily involved with politics. I picked up an internship with Farm Credit Mid-America while I was at Purdue. I had a leader there that I really say kind of took a risk on me. He hopefully saw some ambition and, and fired there and said, you know, hey, come see what this is all about. It's a people business, not a lending business. And I fell in love with the farm credit system at that point. I stayed I stayed on with them for two summers, also worked and was able to co-op during my senior year and, and found that I just loved ag finance. I also happened to meet my husband um, while I was at Purdue University. And he had, we have a family farm in Benton County, Indiana. And so at that point, uh, while my dreams were not distinct, you know, diminished, they changed. And I said, hey, me, I want I can serve rural America from anywhere. That's amazing. Could you touch on the transformational experience? What did Purdue provide you for students to inspire students to get involved at Purdue and to reach their career goals like you have done? Career readiness is something that starts really even before you enter the university with the culture and the mentorships that are provided. And so when I think about that career mapping that happened for me, it really starts with all of the professors that I had in, in the discussion, the language, the intentions and the outcomes and, and really having smart goals with the objectives is, is you know, equipping students to make good decisions for their future and impact the world in a positive way. Be disruptive and insightful, but in a positive way. And so it started on the first day. I really look back to that pre-freshman enrollment period that I had and meeting, meeting face-to-face with an advisor that was courageous enough to look at my time, talent, and treasures and say, hey, you have a lot of options, but this is something that you may consider pursuing. And then I, you know, stuck my toe in the water and tried that out, whether it was involvements in different clubs while I was there at Purdue, agribusiness and and different things like that, going to career fairs, preparing for career fairs, making sure that I did mock interviews, interacting with other students, classroom projects, all those things gave me the confidence and the competence to go, to go out into this world and say, hey, world, I'm ready. And Purdue has helped prepare me to be a great, not only a great intern, but a great employee for you in the future. Do you have advice for our current students that might help them as a person or in their career? You know, as a student today in a university, you are exposed to instantaneous access to information, whether that be um, global economics and changes in the world, um, issues to discuss and debate in a safe forum there um, with activities such as Issues 360, I would encourage you to get involved in a mentorship program where you're a mentee, but also a mentor to someone else. And Purdue Agriculture alumni does that very, very well. And so I just encourage you to take advantage of every opportunity while you're there. Try things that are different. Get outside of your discipline. Expose yourself to others that have different ways of thinking other than yourself. And that's going to help you to interact Um, when you get into the workforce and you begin to fundamentally um, navigate this really dynamic world now that we live in of of just instantaneous information and global dynamics. So get involved, ask the hard questions, surround yourself with people that are different than yourself, take a class outside of your discipline, try something different, whether it's 
study abroad or learning a new language while you're there and make sure that you're involved in a mentor program um, with somebody that is in a discipline as far as employment that you're interested in post-graduation. Yeah, I think that's great advice for me. Actually, Issues 360 was the reason why I started to love policy. So if I didn't get involved in something that I wasn't super comfortable in, I wouldn't have been introduced to this new area of ag that I was never exposed to. So I think that's really great advice for students. Natasha, let's talk a little bit about the farm economy and the farm credit environment. So it's uh, becoming clear that interest rates are going to rise. What's your take on that from the perspective of the farm economy, um, farmers, farm management decisions? And- yeah, we get a unique view on it because, you know, we're actually able to look at the numbers and, you know, sometimes it's out of the rear view mirror. And, and most of the time we're, we're looking through the windshield and looking at projections and looking out into, you know, macroeconomic factors that are going to impact the farm. But you know, agriculture came into this year relatively strong from an economic standpoint and a financial position and that really should carry through 2022. You know, when you look at the basic fundamentals and you look at $6 plus corn and $16 soybeans, um, strong working capital positions, equity positions that have grown through either earned earned income or asset appreciation um, through the last year with land values and really every asset on a farmer's balance sheet depreciating with the exception of cash due to inflation. We look at that and we say, gosh, we're coming into this well positioned. We had several years of downturns into the ag economy, but there's some potential risks that are here. We know global global growth. China's export demand um, continues to impact and create just an extremely volatile environment for us. Inflation and supply chain disruptions were, were monumental and really highlighted some major issues that we have across not only the US, but across the globe. We've got significant input, input pressures coming in here. So while prices are high, margin projections for 2022 continue to be for continue to be volatile because of record high input cost on the farm with the biggest worry is physical delivery of products. So we, we started out with issues with physical delivery of fertilizer. We still have concerns with that, especially with what's going on in, in Europe today and other, and other disputes around the world, along with continued supply chain issues. Then we look at labor cost and just cost of productivity on our farms and then interest rates and the impact that that could have not only on just land values um, over time, but really operating costs um, for, for farmers, ranchers, and agribusinesses across there. So looking out at the interest rate market team here, you know, we know that the Federal Reserve has, has indicated that we're going to make some moves up to five, five moves when we look at the federal funds rate. And so how does that impact your farm immediately? It's going to impact your farm um, from a short-term basis. And that could be from an operating cost perspective. We came into this with a fairly strong cash position. And so farmers are going to hopefully be able to put more of their own money into their crop this year than they have in a long time. So their dependence on borrowed funds has went down. We've actually saw U.S. farm debt go down, relatively speaking, as compared to income um, this year. So we aren't anticipating right now the way that it looks any strong farm program payments, just where prices are, unless there's a significant disaster. And so we're going to, we're going to take out, you know, some significant payments that came in over the last couple of years, whether it be from WIP or ad hoc disaster programs or MFP on there. And so really what you see is what you get. 
um, when you look at um, gross revenues numbers from the sale of commodities or livestock, and then comparing that to input price. And so there's a lot of challenges of heads. We, we obviously anticipate continued interest rate rises here. Um, you know, you should be shocking and stressing your, your, your income statement to see how that could handle, uh, you know, a potential 1% or 2% increase in, in interest rates um, on both the short term and long term during this calendar year. What does your day to day look like? So um, at Farm Credit Mid-America, I have a diverse opportunity to serve both, um, you know, our rural markets and our commercial markets here through our retail ag structure at Farm Credit Mid-America. So if, if you think about Farm Credit's mission, it's to support rural communities in agriculture. And as a farmer myself and a mother raising three children in a rural community, that's a really fun place to get up, to get up and go to work with every day. Um, it just aligns with my personal beliefs and my habits. Um, you know, we get to provide reliable, consistent credit and financial services today, tomorrow, forever. We've been doing that here at Farm Credit Mid-America for 100 years. So in 1916, the federal government actually put an act in place, the Federal Farm Credit Act, that said, hey, we want to make sure rural communities have access to the funding and finance that they need. At that time, it was an underserved market. So that's our mission today. It was our mission 100 years ago, and that's solely our mission today. So I get to serve agriculture from the smallest part to the largest part and really everything in between. And the system, we have about 592,000 customers. Um, we make $23 billion of loans to small farmers and ranchers um, in 2020. And um, we have about $315 billion of total loan volume in the system. Mid-America is, is the organization I work for. We're responsible for about $32 billion of that loan volume across the association. So on a day-to-day -day basis, I'm working with financial officers, associate financial officers, our operations teams, our crop insurance teams, our growing forward team members, which is the team that goes out and makes sure that we're serving our young beginning and small farmers, our rural first loan specialists who serve our rural home industry. And I get to lead them and serve them every single day in ways that uh, may be reviewing credit packages, looking in at financing and uh, projections for a farmer or an agribusiness, being involved with industry partners such as Purdue and Indiana Corn Marketing Council, Indiana Soybean Alliance, popcorn boards, wins, um, different federal federal um, PAC discussions and things like that. So my days are diverse, Haley. It's, it's a mixture of um, what the world brings us and what agriculture was. But at the end of the day, my purpose is to serve internal customers and external customers to make sure that we're providing consistent credit and financial services to rural America. And then we do loans, leases, crop insurance, home loans um, as well. So it's, it's a diverse opportunity here at Farm Credit in America. As I go into my senior year, I'm thinking, how can I really make the most out of those first couple years out of my career? So could you touch on some advice on really getting started in a career? Well, first of all, I'd say grow where you're planted and, and make sure that you're doing a good job in the job that you're in. Uh, often um, we get so worried about the next step in our career that we forget to, to live in the moment and to set ourselves apart from other in the job that we're being asked to do. Make sure that you're being insightfully and respectfully disruptive to the world. So your voice matters. Organizations hire you not to sit and learn, but to come in and make an immediate 
impact, your diversity of thought and experiences are what matters most to us. The technical skills will come along along the way. So just make sure that you're at, ask for special projects as well within your discipline and then get mentors outside of your role. Be curious, look at others in the organization and ask them for time, create a culture that is coaching up, down, sideways, across and, and, and be willing to serve as a mentee, but also ask to be mentor, create those relationships. Don't sit on your laurels and wait for it to happen. So grow where you're planted, be respectfully and insightfully disruptive to the organization that you're in, ask for special projects and do them really, really well. If you make mistakes, just be willing to own it as well. And then get involved, get involved in your own organization in in groups outside of the system that you're working for, whether it be commodity groups, leadership programs, self-development programs, be active on LinkedIn. There's many opportunities and classes that just show opportunities and provide opportunities for personal growth and development that don't have to be costly or even timely. So 1% better each day should be your motto and zero 100, zero excuses and 100% effort all the time. Fantastic advice. We've been speaking with Natasha Cox. Natasha is a recent recipient of the Purdue College of Agriculture's Distinguished Alumni Award. And she's the Regional Vice President for Ag Lending with Farm Credit. And Natasha, thank you so much for visiting with us. Congratulations again on this very well-deserved award, and we've enjoyed talking with you. You've been listening to the Purdue Agricultural Economics Podcast. You can visit the department at www.agecon.purdue.edu. You can like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter. Take care and have a great spring.